High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. out there, all you guys waiting for your first kiss, or you experienced kissers who might be the featured attraction at a kissing booth, all you fans of Netflix movies, all you fans of sequels, and a special shout out to those of you trying to make a long distance relationship work. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic High school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening. But first, well, it's Friday, so we have a pool party to attend. But let's chat about what we've been up to lately. How did you enjoy your babysitting session on Monday? It was a lifetime babysitting movie. Of course, the great lifetime expert himself, Joe Two was here to present us with Babysitter's Black Book. It's a great episode. Check it out in our archive at cageclub.me or wherever you listen to our podcast, whether that be Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And by the way, while you're there, please, if you can, hit that subscribe button. And if you can, please give us a review. Give us a nice little five-star rating. Oh, and here's another thing you can do. Tell a friend about all the great and wonderful things about High School Slumber Party. And, you know, I know a lot of us are still in quarantine. All of us are still keeping safe. So if that friend happens to be many distances away, remember to tell that friend that you love them and you care for them. This is a lonely time. This is a hard time. And that's why I always also give a shout-out to my healthcare heroes who are still working hard out there during this crazy-ass pandemic. Oof. Heavy, heavy stuff. Hopefully today's movie won't be as heavy, because we're talking The Kissing Booth Part 2. You'll remember two years ago, Shawnee Mead and I talked The Kissing Booth Part 1, and Shawnee, that was her first episode, and it started her great legacy of high school slumber party guest spots. So, yeah, it holds a special place in my heart, despite us pretty much killing The Kissing Booth. Will we feel the same about Kissing Booth 2? Maybe we'll like a little bit more. You'll have to find out. 
a little bit later. But of course, today is a Friday, and that means it's time for high school movie news. This is Brian Rodriguez from the High School Movie News Desk. And this week, we have a lot of news for you, so bear with me, please. It's fun stuff, don't worry. First, Bill and Ted face the music, the third film on the franchise. The release date has been pushed yet again. I shouldn't say pushed, maybe pulled. It's been moved up to August 28th. September 1st was the last date I told you. Well, it's August 28th now. Doesn't matter. We're excited. We're just happy to get it released. This is like the fifth time they've changed it. But that is for VOD and theaters, if you can go to the theaters. So August 28th now for the new Bill & Ted. Some other great, cool, awesome, fun news about a reboot of a franchise. Another reboot of this franchise, actually. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. You know them from Superbad and a bunch of other stuff. They'll be helming the next Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Yes, it'll be CGI, so why do we care? Seth Rogen actually wants to focus on the teenage part of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He really wants to show the teenage experience. So I'm thinking it's going to be something like Into the Spider-Verse or even Spider-Man Homecoming. Again, color me excited. I used to love the Turtles as a kid. Never really thought of that teenage part, honestly. So I can't wait to see this vision from Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen. I'm hearing a lot of good things about some new teen and high school movie projects that are up and coming or have just came out. One of them I'm super excited about. Fans of my other podcast, P.S. I Love Hoffman, the Philip Seymour Hoffman podcast, will know that me and the Foodie Films man Kyle Reinfried talk a lot about Paul Thomas Anderson. Of course, Philip Seymour Hoffman was in so many Paul Thomas Anderson films, and that's why. But his next project has been very secret. But there's been a lot of buzz around it these days because apparently Bradley Cooper is attached. Why do we care? Because the rumor is that this project will be a high school film, actually. It'll be a film set in the San Fernando Valley in the 1970s. A P.T. Anderson high school film? Oh my god. Color me intrigued. I really want to know what's going on here. So I'm hearing a lot of good things about some movies that have just come to streaming, some indie teen movies. Here's my list. Banana Split, Yes God Yes, Get Duked, and there's a movie called Teenage Badass that I think is going to start streaming in September. Seems like 2020 is going to be an awesome year for indie teen films. I never thought that would happen, but it's true. If anyone is into modern teen movies or just modern films in general and happens to watch any of these that I mentioned, let me know. I'm looking at you, Joey Lewandowski, <laughs> or anyone really who wants to help me out who's into these kind of films. Some other news on the uh, celebrity gossip side. The Duchess, Meghan Markle, revealed that her two favorite films are Center Stage and Bring It On. Boy, Meghan Markle, do we have a podcast for you. <laughs> so since last week we covered a Lifetime movie, Joe 2, of course, brought it to us. 
the film was Babysitter's Black Book, I figured I'd share some Lifetime news this week, as they announced that they're planning 30 new Christmas movies this year. I'm not sure how many, if any of them, will be teen films. However, they did announce that they'll have their first LGBTQ film coming out this year on Lifetime. And when I read the plot summary, it says, Two High School Friends. Now, is it current high school friends or high school friends from yesteryear? I'm not sure yet, but color me intrigued. So, I want to plug another podcast, not on the Cage Club Podcast Network, but one I listened to and I was super excited about. I've talked about them before. That's the Teenage Dirtbag Podcast. Really great podcast. They have some awesome guests. They talk some films that we love, too. But they had a guest that I was so excited about, Heather Matarazzo who we loved on Princess Diaries. She's so great, and it's a great interview. Check that podcast out as well. We covered that movie, actually, with today's guest, Shawnee Mead. So check out our episode on cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. It doesn't have Heather, but we do do a nice little deep dive into Princess Diaries. And speaking of Shawnee and today's episode, Joey King Big news out of her camp. Not a high school movie, but apparently she's going to play an assassin in a new Brad Pitt movie. The movie is called Bullet Train. I'm excited about this because despite, you know, maybe mixed feelings in the kissing booth, I'm really high on Joey King. In this episode, I compare her to Julia Roberts. So, all for this new development. That was a mouthful. I tried to get as much as possible in as little time, and that's how we do things on high school movie news. This is why we care. Wow, that Brian Rodriguez sure is a trusted name in high school movie news. Love hearing all those cool news items. Thank you, Brian. You're welcome. Now on to my pool party. But before we get into the kissing booth part two, just want to remind you guys that I guested on Third Times a Charm, Mike Manzi's podcast. I'm there all the time. And we talked about a really cool movie, George Romero, zombie movie, And that is 1985's Day of the Dead. You can check that out, of course, on cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Had a blast talking that episode with Mike, of course, and Dan Colon. Definitely, definitely check that out. So let's see what my bartender has prepared me today. And, of course, you can stick around because it's a Friday. And Fridays are for fun. So let's see. Here he comes. Sex on the Beach, appropriate for the kissing booth. Maybe not the kissing booth too, which is a little cleaner, but definitely appropriate for the kissing booth. (laughs) So, pack your swimsuit, tell your mother you're going to Brian's pool party, because we're about to get our party on. Not perfect, but it'll do. (laughs) I leave you with a song off the kissing booth soundtrack, Walk the Moon, Lost in the Wild. See you on the other side. I lit split at sunrise. 
Morning breaks like splatter paint Wipe the dust from my eyes You must have left before morning came Flashes of the night come rushing in In a stampede of misbehaviors Just a sophomore running my mouth Really thought that I could save us I know we're here because we want to be, but we're also here because we have to be. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's our duty, I think, to return. <laughs> well, I- I'm excited for this episode. There's so much I have to say, <laughs> but before any of that, why don't you introduce yourself in the classic high school slumber party model? Because once I start, it's going to be hard to stop me on this one. Yeah, well, hi, I'm Shawnee Mead, back again, back where it all began, because I started on this podcast with The Kissing Booth, so it's two years ago, so we're... Going back in time. Yeah, and I graduated from Oakbank Area School in 2007. Yep, no mascot. No, <laughs> no mascot, sadly. <laughs> so, uh... so this film is very important in the history of High School Slumber Party. It's very important in our personal history because it's the first time we connected to record a podcast. Uh, the first mm-hmm. Kissing Booth, that is. And, and when was yes. that? I think it was around the same time two years ago. It, so it's been two I, years. I, yeah, it has. Wow. Just to recap, I guess, before we dive into Kissing Booth 2, the phenomenon that was the Kissing Booth was one of the most interesting things to happen, not just like in the teen genre, but I think in the history of film. And I say that, you know, (laughs) kind of tongue in cheek, but in all seriousness, if we go back, the Kissing Booth really was one of the first films to start the straight to streaming uh, revolution. And when I say straight to streaming, I don't mean like Hollywood films that then decided to stream on platforms. The Kissing Booth was this weird hybrid of a made for TV movie, but made for Netflix. And today, that's not that weird at all. No, they have made for Netflix movies like every day. There's something new, I think. But... All the time. Yeah. I think it got so popular and so hyped because there wasn't a lot of it. I think it came at the right time. But if you look mm. back at the data, it didn't even debut as number one. It debuted as number three in streaming. It was just one of these things like, oh, wow, a teen movie. This is cool. People watched it. And the first waves of it, everyone was loving it. Mm. But I think once <laughs> most people started watching it, everyone, including us, were really hating on it. I want to be a little bit more positive today. Yeah, definitely. I think we were. Well, I don't think we're unfair last time, but perhaps we'll be a bit more positive about it this time. (laughs) I don't like being negative generally on this show, but we weren't weren't just negative because it was a bad movie. I've covered plenty of bad movies here. Did you rewatch The First Kissing Booth? No, I didn't. But I do remember that (laughs) our criticism, I think, was fair because there were certain things that deserved negative feedback (laughs) yeah there were a lot of like sexist tropes Mm. there was a lot of rewarding of violence a lot of rewarding Mm. of ass grabbing and stuff like that yeah (laughs) too much of that (laughs) it was weird because it just didn't feel it certainly doesn't feel 2020 but it didn't feel 2018 either (laughs) Mm. no no definitely not it was very odd and it was something that they clearly 
heard everyone loud and clear. And again, we'll definitely get more into the kissing booth too. But I just wanted to take this opportunity to just be like, you know, maybe without the kissing booth, maybe we don't get the hype of To All the Boys. Maybe we don't get a lot of the other great streaming high school movies Mm -hmm. and TV shows that have come out since then. Well, thank you, The Kissing Booth. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because Netflix, this is not necessarily the best thing, but I don't know, but I feel like I have to bring it up. Netflix is by far the most popular streaming service around the world, and it's not even close in in terms of, at least in the English language. I'm not sure in other languages. Mm. Uh, But they have what, like, You'd have to say at least a two or three year head start on every other streaming service. Yeah, definitely, I'd say. And they've been listening to us. They've been watching us. They've been collecting our data and seeing what we liked. And I've gotten this from other podcasts. I've gotten this from a lot of articles. Like, for example, one thing they realized from streaming data, people really liked Adam Sandler movies. He makes a lot of dumb movies on Netflix, you know? Yes. He does. (laughs) But they do so well for them. And I think if you were looking at maybe the trends of what people say on Twitter or even written in magazines and newspapers, they would have been like, you're spending all this money to be the exclusive distributor of Adam Sandler movies? That seems very, you know, not very, I don't know. You and I would probably be like, oh, you should spend money on... You know. Other things. other things, you know, or even like... More of the Umbrella Academy, because I've just been rewatching that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, you know? And they do, and yeah. they do stuff like that for sure. But their mm-hmm. algorithm popped out. And again, this isn't my research. This is stuff I've gotten from other podcasts, like about this kind of stuff and stuff I've researched online. Their algorithm said people like Adam Sandler movies. And you know what? They were right. Those Adam Sandler movies are always number one trending. <laughs> I don't even know who's yeah. really watching them. It's not really part of this podcast. But I mention <laughs> it because... Teen movies was another thing that they realized early on before anyone, before Disney Plus, before Hulu, before all these other companies were like making them again. They realized, hey, people really want these things. So the kissing booth was like their first effort. And I think I'll just say since then, they've I think they've realized that they should be a little bit more woke, for lack of a better word. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I don't blame anyone who enjoyed the kissing booth when it came out. Because I just think that so many people were starved for these kind of popcorn teen films. Because the teen films we were getting were good, but they were really heavy. You know, like, Booksmart is good, yeah. but it's really heavy. It's not like a, haha, you know, watch in the background kind of movie. To All the Boys, I feel like, is that kind of movie. But Booksmart is pretty hilarious. Like a Oh, I love Booksmart. I, I you'll love laugh Booksmart. out loud every time. But yeah, it's definitely that sort of, well, I, w- I don't want to say like upper level, but it's kind of, you know, prestige teen film yes was kind of book smart but this is kind of the like you know what you want all the 2000s was this kind of level of like you know <laughs> fun they're fun in the background but you know sleepover type movies are, exactly you know, which we didn't have for a while so absolutely know, return to that because uh, <laughs> they're all the ones i grew up with yeah exactly and i just believe that this came out and people were mixed people Again, at the beginning, liked it. They were, I don't know if you remember, but there was even talk of like maybe having an Oscar for it, which is crazy. Mm, yes. <laughs> They're going to make that people's Oscar. Thank God they didn't. I don't think we'd be able to yeah. work with that. But, uh, <laughs> and the Oscar goes to the kissing booth. Whoa, could you imagine? Oh my <laughs> but, but I truly believe that when To All the Boys I Loved Before came out, we were like, oh, this is what it should be like, you mm. know? 
And like movies like Dumplin' were not, in my mind, as good as To All the Boys, but they were still they still felt like more quality than the kissing booth. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> Even we did another movie, Let It Snow, on here, and Let It Snow is not near like To All the Boys level at all, but it's still again. I didn't feel as icky watching it like <laughs> as I did The Kissing Booth. Which brings us to today, The Kissing Booth 2. I'm doing so many disclaimers, but I feel like they're necessary. I think it's also important for you and I, people who are not 17, to acknowledge that these films are also made and written probably for people who are much younger than us. Yes, definitely. Now, look, I think To All the Boys is for everyone, so I think you can achieve that, but... You know, there's a certain generation of people who enjoy maybe The Kissing Booth more than we probably will. So I don't want to shit on them either because too often stuff made for teenage girls is shit on, you know, and that's not fair. And teen girls, if they like something, often they're spot on. Teenage girls are pretty on taste often, but people try and say that they're not. But, you know, listen to the teen girls. If they're behind something, it's going to do well. So. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> a lot of disclaimers say, but I don't want you and I to come off as like bashing the stuff that teen girls are into. I have a podcast called High School Slumber Party. I love the stuff, all oh, the movies at least, that teen girls are into, you know? And I used so. to be a teen girl, so I don't want to be bashing <laughs> on the ones that are now. Like, you of know. course, <laughs> of course. Um, and the last like disclaimer I'll say, anyone who shits on the original YA author, Beth Rekels, about this, like, because mm. she was getting a lot of Twitter hate. I'm like, that's not fair either. Yeah, I mean, she's done amazingly well. She's now written, like, it all started just writing a little story on the internet. And now she's got... It all started two... in a kissing it booth. Started... It did. And she's got two <laughs> films now. She's written all these other books. Like, you know, just she's out there doing her thing. Like, all power to her. Good for her. As far as we yeah. do, we know, she's not, like, she's not, like, <laughs> evil like J.K. Rowling. Yeah. I think she's just, like, you know was looking on her Instagram the other day and she just seems really amazingly excited that this is happening. And she's had this opportunity because of the first kissing booth. And that's the kissing so, booth. Yes. It's a kissing booth. It always comes back to that. <laughs> but again, her job is just to literally write YA. It's to entertain young hmm. people with her books. So that's like, she should not be blamed for that because the, some of the stuff that I cr- even have criticized as a movie probably comes off well in a YA book, you know? So not the sexist stuff, not those kind of stuff. But I don't know. I didn't read the book, so I'm not sure that that's in it. Yeah, anything, I don't. But. Yeah, I didn't either, so I don't know. But. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us to today, The Kissing Booth 2. And okay, I said that was going to be the last thing, but one more thing. <laughs> so many people were hashtagging saying, who asked for this? This is the movie nobody asked for. And that's bullshit because everyone was asking about The Kissing Booth 2 when it came out. You and I were there. Mm. We know. Like when The yeah. Kissing Booth 1 came out, they were like, oh, when's the sequel coming out? I'm like, uh. <laughs> and if no one was asking, Netflix would have gone, meh, we'll pass. But, you know, they're a business. A hundred percent. They're not going to make a second film if they don't think anyone's going to stream it. So Netflix is not HBO. HBO will make something if they think it has artistic merit. Netflix does not do that. Netflix makes things that they think people will watch. If the people what they want, there are enough people asking for it. So, you know. Netflix is popcorn, you know, that's as simple as that. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Sometimes uh, something artistic and something really cool or something beautiful intersects with popcorn. I'm not saying Hmm. that, but look, again, you're absolutely right. If people didn't want this, Netflix wouldn't have given it to people. That's as simple as that. Let's really quickly, Shawnee, 
And, and I'll give you the honors a little bit because I want to see, I want to test your memory a little bit. Oh, <laughs> I feel like I'm talking too much on this episode. I think I usually talk too much on the other episodes. <laughs> I think it's fair. Let's really quickly, maybe in like 30 seconds to a minute, together we'll say, we'll do it together. Let's try to recap what exactly happened in the Kissing Booth 1. And not in a Joey King style, or we could if you want, but she, she does a good job recapping the Kissing Booth 1 at the beginning of this film. Considering where we left off, I'm guessing you might have a few questions. Well, from the moment I told Noah... I love you. ...till the moment when he finally left, a whole lot of stuff happened. Let me bring you up to speed. As soon as school ended, the Flynn's opened up their beach house. Noah and I spent the whole summer there. Oh my gosh! Got an awesome gift. Played board games till three in the morning. Made sparks fly. This time on the beach. Said hi to an old friend. Watched a gorgeous sunset. Watched Noah sleep. Watched Noah try to rollerblade. Watched the sun come up in my favorite way. And then, just like that, exactly 27 days ago, my heart flew away. After Noah left, it was hard. He said he wanted to make long distance work, but I decided to be a grown up about things and to give Noah his space. I guess that's the kind of maturity that comes from being a senior. In other words, I was okay. Meanwhile, I did everything I could to keep my mind off the fact that Noel was 3,000 miles away. Like, I started working on my college essay. Started a podcast about video games with Lee. Game on! Already got a bunch of subscribers. Thank you very much. And finally dominated my nemesis on Xbox. Watched Ultimate Frisbee at the beach house. Watched 80s movies with Lee and Rachel. Watched Lee fall completely in love. Watched Lee get a super buff bod. Watched girls watching Lee's super buff bod. Applied for a passport, applied for a credit card, even applied with me to our dream college. Rule number 19, always go to the same school as your bestie. And for us, when it comes to college, that means the University of California at Berkeley. UC Berkeley is this totally dope, completely amazing school in Northern California. Lee and I have dreamed of going there ever since we found out that's where our moms became besties. It has a really cool tower, hill rolling for good luck, famous Insta squirrels, and a cool meme page. This one's for you, Mom. Took Brad to the arcade. Took Lee and Rachel hiking. Took a naughty photo for Noah. Chickened out about sending it, though. And the last thing I took was one final moment. All to myself. By the end of the summer, I was feeling pretty sorted out about things with Noah. He was where he was supposed to be, and I was where I was supposed to be. And if it works out for us, great. But if not, that would be okay, too. Like I said, I was okay. Mostly. But in your words and my words, where did we Hmm. leave off in the kissing booth part one? Well, kissing booth part one. Two best friends. Childhood best friends. They have a list of rules for friendship rules. But one of the rules is we do not date each other's siblings. But only one of the best friends has a sibling that you know would qualify because the other one <laughs> has like a tiny baby brother but there's the older brother of lee noah flynn oh my god by the way side note, side note? i totally forgot that noah and lee were brothers until <laughs> like he shows up at the house later for like thanksgiving i was like oh but yeah they're it. brothers oh, yeah. <laughs> he's not just invited himself along <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry, continue. Before I watched this film, I did have to look at their names again because I'd forgotten all their names. I still have forgotten their names. So okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And again, where was I? Right. Yes, older brother Noah Flynn has a reputation for violence and womanizing, whatever. But L breaks the friendship rule and falls in love with Noah at the kissing booth. It all happens in the kissing booth. <laughs> um, what happens after that? Uh, secret romance. Yeah, a lot then of, lot of later on sex. Because Lee finds out and he's upset. And uh, there wasn't really a lot that happened after that. <laughs> I think it was he got upset. Then she went, you're my best friend, but you can't tell me what to do. I'm in love with your brother. And then he goes off to Boston. And that's kind of the end of the film, really. <laughs> Pretty much the plot. Lee ends up getting a girlfriend at the kissing booth. Yes. Who was our favorite character. Yes, was. We'll see. I'm going to ask if... That's still the case. Uh, <laughs> um, but at least you got bumped up to a, you know. Yes, a, and they didn't recast More of a her. character this time. And she got yeah. a name the whole time. Last time, she only was named sort of in the, at the very end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Other touchstones of the first film, which we've already mentioned, where it did this weird jump from, like, a oh, cutesy teen movie to, like, I don't want to say racy sex scenes. Yeah, it definitely had a tonal shift and became yes. more like a teen of sex romp i guess (laughs) yeah and like including one where they like have sex under the hollywood sign which is like really yeah kind of unbelievable (laughs) um so there's a lot of elements like that there's a lot of uh violence people like literally fist fighting and stuff those were kind of the questionable things even at the time yeah well you say people it was just one people it was just (laughs) the character that i hated the most in the first film and i'm he was still my least favorite this time around. But. Why? He's a, he's your countryman. Well, I mean, not him personally. I don't know anything about <laughs> him as a person. But, well, we uh, do yeah. know that after the first kissing booth, uh, Jacob Elordi, I think his name is, and Joey yeah. King uh, had a relationship, but they are no yeah. longer together. No. And they broke up before they filmed this one. So that I, there were a lot of things that I sort of watched and I was like, oh. <laughs> Awkward. That must have been like really awful. <laughs> and they were probably happy that they didn't have that many scenes together. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. But the few they had together was a bit like, hmm, that's a bit close to home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, every week I'll read back a VHS, back a DVD, but this is Netflix film and Netflix keeps them short and sweet. So here's the Netflix description. With college decisions looming, Elle juggles her long-distance romance with Noah, changing relationship with Bestie Lee, and feelings for a new classmate. Ooh. They weren't the only plot points that were happening. There no. were about 50, but oh. Oh. <laughs> there were like several movies worth of things going on in this very, very long film. Too long. Yeah, exactly. So I have more dis- I have more disclaimers, unfortunately. Mm. Sorry, guys. I forgot about these. <laughs> I mentioned this on my episode of To All the Boys Part 2. And you and I even talked off air about this with mm. that film. But rarely do teen films have sequels, right? Mm, so it's yeah. very, very hard to accomplish. Because I believe that usually a teen film, you're ending with a romance and that romance mm. is, even though we, we all know, you and I, who are not teenagers anymore, know that that's probably not happily ever after, you can pretend yeah. it's happily ever after, you know? So when you have part two, you always got to add elements to conflict with all that. Yeah, well, it always seems a bit forced. Like when exactly. rom-coms get a sequel, you sort of go like, oh, but that means the relationship that we like, we now have to go through this unnecessary thing of some sort of miscommunication that could really be solved 
you know, in about 10 minutes <laughs> if they actually just talked about it at the time. But because they have to add, I don't know, I don't know who decided that, but because they feel with it, stories about romance, you have to add some drama later for some reason to keep people interested. I don't know. I'm not really interested in that myself. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it's not something where it happens a lot, but when it does, we'll say nine times out of 10, they introduce another guy, another hot guy. It was John Ambrose. Yeah. There's always someone else being thrown in. And weirdly, (laughs) the guy they were throwing in kind of looked exactly like Noah. (laughs) They kind of looked really similar. It was, he was, this guy was shorter. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about him because there's positives with him, there's ne- mm-hmm. negatives with him, but but I definitely want to talk about him. But the length, you mentioned it. Oh Ugh. my god. Ugh. I do not know why they needed to make it this long. When I saw that, I was like, seriously? Two hours and 12 minutes for yeah. a teen comedy? It felt longer than that. It felt like it was about four. But uh... <laughs> Because you're right, there are so many plot lines and i don't want to say they're convoluted they're not hard to follow it just no, they it was more like why yeah why i was almost thinking this would have worked better as like a, a mini series or something yeah or 90 minutes that would have been fine that could, yes. we could have could oh, have had a 100%. story in but let's say you wanted to tell this whole story whatever let's say you did then give mm. me like little 30 minute episodes like, yeah, little, just, just a web series, just a little quick <laughs> thing on Netflix, just a little, but yeah, not two hours and 12 minutes. It was just... Two, and, and like you said, it feels like three hours. I felt like I was binge watching a show because it, yeah. was, because it also felt like there was built-in endings to episodes here. I don't know if that's a good thing yeah. or a bad thing, but you would be like, oh, and then the next thing would come, you know? Like, yeah, you could have had a whole episode with her in Boston. You could have mm. had... I'm not saying I want to watch this show, but it almost... Uh, so they might have made it a bit less painless. <laughs> so let's talk production notes. Ironically, or weirdly, maybe not a lot of scholarship on this film. I thought like Netflix would have told us a bunch of stuff. They really kept it secret. There are, I guess, reasons for that, but it is very interesting. We might have mentioned this on the first episode, but once again, they filmed in most of the film in South Africa which mm-hmm. yes, interesting choice. I'm kind of sad because I was in South Africa and <laughs> my trip was cut short. So when yeah. I saw that uh, because of COVID and stuff, understandable, yeah. but sad. <laughs> but seeing like Cape Town, I'm like, oh man, again, it's supposed to be LA, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But like, yeah, you could really, now that I've been to Cape Town, you could really tell it's Cape Town when they're doing their uh, like motorcycle rides and car rides mm-hmm. and stuff because it's very like not los angeles or not anywhere but pretty much cape town uh features if that makes sense you know Mm. (laughs) but that doesn't matter whatever uh the big thing though is that the university of cape town is their high school because that high school is Mm. it's a badass looking high school it looks like a bloody castle like it's (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty spectacular as a school (laughs) Not Again, not too many other production notes, but we might as well get this out of the way now. We might as well say it. They secretly filmed The Kissing Booth 3 back-to-back with The Kissing Booth 2. They did. So that's going to come out, I would say, relatively soon. Uh, maybe next year? Or... Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's next year. So you and I are not sure if we have to cover it. So he, I wanted to clarify I with you. I think we're safe. I don't think we have to because... Here's the only reason we might have to. If it does not take place majority in college, I do count the summer after you graduate. Mm. So if it's all that summer, 
we might have to cover it. And I feel like it might be because the way it ended, we're definitely still focusing on the before college thing. So yeah, maybe. But I think it's a coin toss. It also could be like she chooses her college and deals with the consequences. Yeah, because that's, she's out of the college straight away. I'm not just like petitioning for this, but <laughs> that would almost be more interesting, right? Like mm. we could see some new characters. We could in- interact with new things. We don't have to be in the same in the same place. Mm. Um, we don't have to see Tuppen again. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. More on that later. But you and I might be summoned back for Mike Mancy's podcast, Third Time's a Charm anyway. Oh, so. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see, yes. And once again, this was directed and adapted by Vince Marcello. He had a writing partner this time, but mm. he did a good job, I guess, on the first one. They said, do this again, Vince. So one of the rare trilogies that they're letting the same person mm. direct them all. Um, so whatever. Probably because Vince. it was directed uh, by a man. Yeah, probably. Place. They didn't get If it had been a lady, here. they probably, you know, like with To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Yeah. By the time you know second and third one came, oh look, we've swapped, but it's it's going to be one dude, and he's going to do both of the next film. But that's probably why this is the same guy. But but anyway, <laughs> no, but it keeps occurring. And if you really want to write a thesis on this, you're absolutely mm. right. Look at two all the boys, and look at this franchise. Anyway. And Twilight. <laughs> Throw that out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the cast um, again. Mo- mostly unknowns. Most of the people in this cast are only mm. famous because they did the first kissing booth. Yes. For one, who sadly once again totally wasted in this film, Molly Ringwald. Well, yes, okay. Well, yeah. I, mean, I wasn't really going to start with Molly, but let's just do it. I just Molly wanted Ringwald. to get. She's the only famous one, so I just wanted to get her out of the way. <laughs> she, well, she's in less scenes in this one than the last oh, one. Why? How dare you? <laughs> yes. So Molly Ringwald's back, high school Hall of Famer, high school slumber party Hall yeah. of Famer for sure. But yeah, she's she plays. Noah and Lee's mom, and she's only in a couple scenes. Travesty. But we should really start, though, with Joey King. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I actually really like Joey King. I think she's mm-hmm. really talented. I, th- I don't think this movie succeeds without Joey King. I think that yeah. if it's like two hours and 12 minutes without Joey King, I think we're gouging mm-hmm. our eyes out. No offense to everyone else. I think other people did a good job. I just think she is. Mm-hmm. she really captures the screen when she's on there. Um, yeah, she's, she's so. making things work in between filming this and the last one she was nominated for an emmy so i mean she's doing good work outside of this franchise so yeah i want to give her something like the emmy uh the act was mm, something that was very was, good she was wearing a wig in this <laughs> yeah yeah you're right that was one of the only facts too she's wearing a wig and i guess a wig for the next one too because she had to shave her head for the act yeah <laughs> but she should be in more stuff. Like at this point, two years since the kissing booth, I wish she was like, you know, some kind of sensation. I want to see her in more things. And you know, what's interesting about her too. I know she was nominated for like a drama role on the act, but she's really funny. Like she could definitely like, if she wants to go this route, maybe she wants to make serious movies. And I know they don't make a lot of good rom-coms anymore, but she could like headline rom-coms for the next 10, 20, even 30 years. If, if they wanted, you know? This is almost blasphemy, but she has, like, Julia Roberts qualities to me. Whoa, there. <laughs> I'm mean, telling you, I believe in her. I, right. I just don't think this is the medium for her. I'm putting that out there. We're manifesting her intentions. Joey King, let us know. <laughs> but, like, I, I could see her in something like, when I say Julia Roberts, I mean, like, Mystic Pizza Julia Roberts, you know? Mm. Yeah, she'd go, like, quirky, fun. 
Just sadly, they don't really make films like that anymore. Yeah, I, so, I guess you're right. Yeah. She's in she's in the wrong era. She is. No one makes mid budget, just fun films anymore. It's all Ugh, that's depressing. Intense, or it's prestige, or it's a superhero. That's kind of. Oh, you're depressing me. That's so sad. Um, well, I'm depressing myself. <laughs> <laughs> we need that. There's a niche for that. It definitely is. Give me ninety minute mid budget rom coms, quirky. Family films. Give me that kind of stuff. I want that back again. Yeah, but like, again, I'm looking at Julia Roberts' IMDb. Like, I could see uh, her in films like My Best Friend's Wedding, you know, like Runaway Ooh. Bride. Like, I know she's pretty young now, but I'm saying evolving into this. Like, this is a, I don't know. But you're right. It just doesn't happen anymore. Damn it. I'm so mad. <laughs> Netflix, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, Netflix. You could be the one to bring this genre back. They kind of have a little yeah. bit. Actually, they have, right? They have with mm-hmm. some of the films. Um, I think the Ali Wong film, what was the, what was the name mm-hmm. of that? That was oh, the, kind of in that. The, the one that I still haven't seen, even though it's got Keanu in it. Ugh, yeah, you should I? see that film. Which <laughs> I, I actually didn't see it when it came out for some stupid reason. I don't know why, but like I mm. watched it maybe two months ago, and I really liked it. And Keanu's kind of a jerk in it, but that's what kind of makes it funny, because we know he's a really nice guy in real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely check it out. Now we need to say what the movie is because I feel bad. Uh, oh, um, is it Always Be My Maybe? Always Be My Maybe, yes. I think that's what it's called. So Always Be My Maybe is kind of in that niche. So Netflix, you know, get on it. You have mm-hmm. Joey King. You have our number. Give us something that we really want to see with Joey King. You have our recommendations. Because clearly Netflix <laughs> yes. are listening to this podcast. So just, hey. if you want some more ideas, hit us up. I'm sure the magical computer at Netflix that listens to everything is listening mm. and, and, and gathering our data. <laughs> it is. It knows. It knows where we live. <laughs> okay, so Joel Courtney plays Lee. You know, before we get into some scenes and moments and things we liked and didn't like, what do you think of the Lee character in this one? Because I seem to remember us not really enjoying the Lee character in the first film. I feel like I minded him in the first one. He's quite sort of inoffensive as a character. I don't know. Yeah, he yeah. Said, no, I don't think we, I don't think we hated him. I thought, I thought yeah. I think we just thought he was like there and blah. Yeah, yeah. He was a little bit, and he was still a bit like that. I don't feel like his character was any different at all in this maybe, one. So, maybe yeah. that was the story, though, right? Like maybe like mm. his failure to mature was kind of the story, actually. Well, so yeah, I suppose you hit the nail on the head with that because that is exactly. <laughs> Every problem that befalls Lee in this film is because of that. Because he won't just get out of his own way and grow up a bit. But hundred percent. But we have to spend at least you know forty minutes of the film on it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And Thanksgiving. But we'll get to that. <laughs> Before Peter Kavinsky came into our hearts, this guy was the internet's boyfriend for a little bit. Um, yeah. Even though you and I weren't a fan, uh, Jacob Alordi <laughs> as as Noah Flynn in the first film, he was again very violent. Kind of a mm. jackass, brooding. What'd you think of, uh, you kind of mentioned it, but what'd you think of Noah's return here as a college man? A little bit insecure about where his yeah. place is at college, but did you think that helped a lot? Do you, uh, what's a, What was your take on Noah this time? No, I still wasn't a fan. I thought he was <laughs> kind of the same. There was a, you know, we'll get to that, but there was a bit later on, he was getting ready to beat someone down. It was going to happen, but they swerved away from it this time, but I, it was it was there. So I don't really think he was... <laughs> any difference yeah but i am honestly i am glad they showed that because like i was Mm -hmm. saying like oh he he was so violent in the first film and now he just like has changed completely it shows that it's still in there doesn't mean i like him i don't but hopefully he's changing and 
look, there's a plenty of people in this film, plenty of people who I wasn't too familiar with. The other one I just want to bring up, though, is Taylor Zakar Perez, who plays the new boy in Elle's Life. Marco. Marco MVP. The snack, which everyone kept calling him, which I don't think anyone <laughs> actually says that out loud. <laughs> People might tweet about someone being a snack, but I don't think people actually say the word that often. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Okay, so I was going to ask, like, in Australia, do you have the term MVP? Yes. Yes, okay. we do. Because I was reading online in some countries where, like, I don't get that. No, we definitely have that. That's good. That's good. I, I think maybe in, like, the UK, they, they don't use that term or something. I, mm. That's what I was reading. Yes, so for those of you out there, yes, I'm reading, on Wiki, the Wikipedia article says, a popular term in the United States, Canada, and Australia, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but in the UK, <laughs> they don't use that term, apparently, so it didn't, there wasn't really that uh, <laughs> connection. But yes, MVP's initials, because we, we see him later in the game. Quickly, what did you think of Taylor Zakar Perez's performance as Marco Pena? What did you think of this character overall? What were your thoughts on Marco Pena? I thought he was... I thought he was all right. I thought they were making him a bit Noah-ish for a little bit at the beginning, but he kind of got better. I think he was a good character overall, but yeah. <laughs> um, so my thoughts on him are, I'm, I'm really glad that they cast a person of, of color. Yes, definitely. Because that was something that they were truly lacking in the first film. Oh, yeah. It was just like... Oh, too pale. Too, everyone was just too many no white diversity. people. And again, <laughs> the kissing booth is not based in reality, so mm. uh, you can have diversity. But even if it was, Los Angeles is a very diverse city, and the fact that like <laughs> that movie is so white makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good to see, uh, you know, as a Latin person myself, I was happy to see that in this film, that they're making an effort. And I think you're absolutely right. As the movie went on, they totally evolved his character to be mm. better than what it was at the beginning. Yes. You mentioned the snack thing. Jacob Elordi actually said in the first film, like, for, for a couple of years, he felt really uncomfortable with, like, the objectification of his body in that. And mm. I thought it was really weird that I, I know it's like, oh, they've been doing this to women for years. It's the guy's turn. And I totally <laughs> get that argument. But for me, like... Can we not objectify anyone, you know? <laughs> like, Yeah. Can we just move on from that, people? Can, because yeah. especially when these people are supposed to be teenagers. Yeah. I know yeah. he's not a teenager, thank God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who, whose bright idea is it to, like, objectify teenagers on camera? Like, it's so weird. Mm, it is weird. And that whole <laughs> scene with the objectification, that was just like, oh, my God. That was yeah, embarrassing like boy- to listen to. <laughs> It was. And, and so I have to say, that was a moment, you know, as we quickly cut into a scene, that was a moment that I really felt something for, because I I felt like I was Lee in that moment. Like, oh, oh. my God, Elle, shut up. You are being gross. <laughs> and it also didn't seem realistic, because she was going, like, way over the top. It didn't seem real. It didn't seem something that a real person would be saying. And also, that video, how was that taken subtly? Like, it was zoomed in, like a... <laughs> You can't really, you know, zoom in that far on a video. So I feel like that girl filming the thing must have been like right there up in it. Like, you know. I hope she was because if she really did take that subtly, that's a huge violation of the dude's privacy. And he would have known that it was happening because. But I mean, there was one bit she was like, you know, just call me an earthquake because I'm legit shook right now. Like, I feel like the people writing the script have never met a teenage person ever, but especially not one of today. Again, I think they like 
tweet that stuff. I don't think people are actually saying that out loud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I don't know, but it did seem know. like it did seem like text message language from five <laughs> years ago. But I mean, that whole bit was just like, oh my god, like <laughs> dig a hole and drop her in it right now because it's just absolutely mortifying that this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone was calling her "get it, girl," which was like really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, but yes. <laughs> If we go through every scene in this film, we mm. will be here another two hours. You guys don't want that. We don't want that. Mm-hmm. We're just going to talk about some moments that really stuck out to us. Mm-hmm. So I want to quickly bring up that this film literally opens up right after the last one ended with mm. Noah going to college. And then it kind of fast forwards 27 days. I do like her recaps, you know, because I, mm. I, I like Joey King. Um, we get a little recap of the first film. It's a little skewed, but whatever. <laughs> mm. What pissed me off, and this is totally unfair, the fact that she started a podcast. Uh, <laughs> I was like, no. Yes, and that was like one of my first notes. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then later it came up again with the guidance counselor. And then she was like, I have a podcast. And he went, so you're an influencer. How can you just get in and start a podcast? Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that was funny. But, um, yeah. So the main thing of this film is that she's applying to college, and of course, mm-hmm. her and Lee have promised to go to the same college, UC Berkeley, together. And I think we pointed out... Rule 19. I, they have to. <laughs> yes, Rule 19. <laughs> uh, again, I don't know if you're too familiar with American colleges, but we pointed this out last time, how Noah goes to Harvard, which is the mm. best college. I mean, I think everyone knows that, you know? It's like, really? This guy? Yeah, and I made it like kind of clear in the first one that he was a bit of a dummy, so like... yeah. <laughs> And he just like sails into Harvard and then she's like, oh my God, I don't know if they'd accept me. <laughs> well, I think you're like 50%, 100% smarter than him. So I, I do, I, you know, I think you're fine. Don't like beat yourself up about it. <laughs> yeah. And to be you clear, every single, every single school she mentions here, hmm. like are one of the top schools in the country. So hmm. this is another like kind of silliness of the movie. Hmm. And, you know, you see Berkeley, they're like, oh, it's a state school. It's cheaper. It's still, still you know, the like best that. state school in California and one of the it's leading one institutions in the world. Yeah. Like, it it's, yeah. like I'm in Australia and like when people talk about Berkeley, I'm like, yes, I know about that. <laughs> exactly. You know, so like it's not... <laughs> again, just to reiterate, her mom passed away. Um, it mm. was something she was really getting over in the first film. It's mentioned here, but it seems like she's a little bit more settled with that. Mm. But the dad still seems to, you know, be struggling with being kind of a single dad. We don't get too much of him, to be honest with you, in two yeah. hours and 12 minutes, which is weird. But he clearly wants her to stay close to home. Unfortunately, Berkeley's not that close to home. I think it would have been, you know, it's still a flight or like a 12-hour drive. California's a big mm-hmm. state. Well, we didn't see him much, but he was laying down some good parenting advice, I felt, in the yes. few times. But he was like, you know, do you want to just change your entire life and plans just for some guy that, you know, maybe it's not going to be forever? Like, you know, we didn't see him a lot, but, you know, he was laying down some parenting wisdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I just thought it would have been more realistic if she was convinced to go to one of the many great institutions that uh, mm. Los Angeles has to offer. Because it would have been more like, oh, you could stay close to home mm. or you could go away. But this is like, you could go away or you could go away. You could go away with your friend or you could go away with your boyfriend. With your boyfriend. Mm. <laughs> As I just go through my notes... Just a couple things I wanted to touch on. We alluded to the big thing with Lee in this movie is he's still with that girl who got a name. What's her name now? Rachel. 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 Yes. (laughs) He's still with Rachel. And it is 
super awkward because mm-hmm. now now that Noah's away, Elle is clearly the third wheel. But she hasn't realized that yet. <laughs> which is a little bit odd, right? Like, she okay, thinks yes. she's the first wheel. She's like, which I feel is a bit kind of like, mm, I know she, they're best friends, but I feel like now that she's a girlfriend yes. herself, I feel like wise up a little bit, Elle. Like, I'm, it's quite clear that you don't get the front seat anymore because you're not the girlfriend, so... <laughs> <laughs> it was just everyone was being a bit obtuse about the whole situation and it was just I think because they just wanted to introduce the weird friend girlfriend girl against girl dynamic which that's sort of every girl in this movie had like an antagonistic relationship with all the others <laughs> yeah which is not you know which not I don't the like best. I don't like when you go well there's two girls so they have to be like played off against each other in some sort of battle for supremacy of the front seat they could just be friends that's what happens in real life with girls i feel like yes lee has a lot to blame for what ends Mm. up happening here because he should have been more open he shouldn't have lied to her but i don't even think it there needed to be like this really intense talk i think in real Mm. life l is pretty aware oh i should give him some alone time you know Mm. or oh like i am the third wheel here i imagine like you know they could have some solo friends time they could have some time together the fact that like he doesn't tell her about the halloween costume change is really really bad on his part awful that was unforgivable (laughs) yeah like i didn't find rachel to be that sympathetic of a character but no in the first one she was our favorite character she was fun (laughs) she was like she was nice but this one because it's a sequel she had to sort of lose her personality and just become jealous girlfriend yeah why couldn't they have made her just like sad instead of angry yeah, and jealous and of, like nasty. angry and jealous and hated l the whole movie and was just like it's her or me like it didn't have to be like that <laughs> no like that's what i wrote there's two things she should have been in my mind that she should have either been like sad because this is happening rather than nasty towards Elle. Because she has to yeah. also know it's not, it's not really Elle's fault here. No. And then the other thing that I thought would have been interesting more if, if she was just becoming more distant or something. And, uh, mm. you know, he was like losing her that way. Yeah. And then he'd sort of go, Elle, like, I don't get what's happening. And she'd go, well, you know, she's just pulling away a bit. That would have been better. But Yeah, because that's more realistic than like, oh, I hate this person now. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh. Honestly, is there really much more we want to devote to this little side plot of Lee <laughs> and, uh, and God, I even forgot her name again. What was it? Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> um, no, I think we finally covered it. He was just being an idiot. <laughs> she was being over the top. Elle was being a dork about it. So it was, yeah, not really much more to say. To be clear, we're like being brief about it. That does not mean it was brief in the movie because there was a lot of screen time taken on it. <laughs> there definitely was. It popped up a lot. Like, it was ruining Halloween. It was ruining Thanksgiving. (laughs) Or any holiday that was coming up. It was being ruined by this plot. None of of the other plots were ruining the holidays. The sort of (laughs) Elle and Noah plot was a little bit, but with that extremely passive-aggressive Thanksgiving dinner. And, you know, Halloween was ruined. Just like, ruined all the holidays. (laughs) We'll get into into, uh, the Thanksgiving dinner for sure. That's one of my highlights I wanted to talk about. Mm. So I'm just going to read some things and... Ask for your reaction from, from my notes. And I mentioned this character before. Tuppen is back. Your favorite. Oh, no, thanks. At least they gave him like less lines in this one. He was just kind of like a goofy guy in the background. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to say any more about him. That's fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> in the first one, he was a real jerk. But I didn't like how they Lee made a very insensitive 
joke callback to the whole incident involving Tuppen in the first one with the tiny little skirt that he gave her on the first day of school. Didn't appreciate that. Thought that was really bad form for her best friend. <laughs> no, no. And again, like, I get it. They're just joking around. But in the real world, that would have been a really mm. hurtful incident. Not a really like... Yeah, fun times. <gasps> but, you know, remember last year when you were accidentally wearing a tiny skirt and some guy like, you know, yes. attacked you in the parking lot. Wasn't that fun? Remember that? Yeah, the great. day you were slut shamed and... Mm. And By the guy you end up falling in love with, yeah. It was so, it was so fun. <laughs> what a good joke on the first day of school. <laughs> Again, the uh, kissing booth one, and now you're jogging my memory, sets the tone mm. when yeah, she's in detention, and the guy she falls in love with tells her that she was asking for it when she got smacked, you know. And the fact that she got detention for that incident <sighs> in the first place. So she was oh just God. being shamed by everyone. Really. Jesus. But I don't think they needed oh, to man. call back to that. I think we could have just left that in the first one but oh well <laughs> so they have to have a kissing booth in this one uh, we don't really yes. see it till much later in the film but they're like oh, oh we forgot to come up with the concept for the kissing booth what concept you just did the same thing as last what year. concept this and obviously the entire school was dying for another kissing booth they didn't even have to do a presentation side note how poorly does this movie feel in the time of coronavirus oh my god <laughs> everything like and then the dance thing later on, and she was touching the floor bit where people were stepping, and I was like, oh, my, oh, don't. Nah. And, and the whole kissing bow thing, but, like. Just kissing random strangers, poor. you know, it's like. Mm. <laughs> Dancing on that thing that other people have just danced on, you're touching it, and they're touching it, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, there's so much that, like. It was, like, it was it. now, like, a horror film. Like, it, <laughs> it, it had changed. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> This is like all the things you're not supposed to do uh, mm. during the, the COVID times. It happens. Or in ever this again. Don't do any of that ever again. Just <laughs> let's stop doing that. Let's not never well, do kissing I mean, booth again after this. That yeah, I, I was gonna say <laughs> like I'm sure people will be allowed to dance again and maybe a little yeah. bit more precautions, but stuff like that. But Cancel a kissing, kissing booth, booth with random forever. strangers is probably never a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Just even like yes, yeah, sanitary reasons, but also like psychological reasons you know singling out certain people like it's not it's not good (laughs) it's not good don't start them up again in the future (laughs) but the big issue here is they lost their hot stuff guy for the kissing booth because noah's now in college and i want to talk about his college life a little bit later Mm. but now they need a replacement so they get the new hottie from school which is the snack the snack (laughs) mvp himself Marco Pena. Yes. Dance champion. <laughs> yes, and the like I don't know what it's it's not Dance Dance Revolution in this movie. I don't think they got the I think right it's step. Like, oh, I don't know. It's like DTT, something like that. I don't know. Dance dance something. Yeah, I feel like I wrote it down, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> something with an M. Yeah, some, DTM, yeah. So Lee and Well, I'm forgetting their names. <laughs> <laughs> Joey King is L. Lee and yeah. L always are the champions at this game. They go to their mm. usual arcade and they realize that MVP is now first and they don't know who MVP is. So they work hard to try to beat MVP. Eventually they find out that MVP is the new hot guy, Marco Pena, who, of course, she has issues with because she objectified him in front of the school. He doesn't seem to yeah. mind that much. He didn't mind. <laughs> she was mortified and then just decided that she hated him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's his fault that you did that. Like, <laughs> yeah, now he's just a jerk. He's just really impressed with himself. Like he, he was expecting me to fall over him. Like, jerk. <laughs> hey, you two do go everywhere together. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, we do. Anyway, uh, I, sorry, we wanted to uh, ask you something. We do this kissing booth at the homecoming fundraiser and we were wondering if you'd be one of our kissers this year. No. No. Why no? I have my reasons. Come on, dude, it's the most popular booth and it's for charity. Don't you believe in charity? Standing here talking to you. Hey, woo That was a good one. <laughs> you know, eventually it leads to a dance-off between Elle and Marco Pena. And if mm. Elle wins, she can she can use him in the kissing booth. What, wait, what would he win um, if she they lost? They had to babysit his sister for free. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so... <laughs> they just had to come up with something because he wasn't going to win so they just threw something in yeah exactly so this leads him to signing up for the kissing booth but we don't really mm. return to that plot the bigger plot becomes this whole college thing you know they're becoming distant because and i get it long distance relationships are very hard so they kind of mm. they're young people or at least they're supposed to be <laughs> and they don't really <laughs> know how to manage that so much and then, of course, Noah's meeting new people at college, including mm. this girl they introduce. Um, what's her name? Chloe. Chloe. She was British, and so she was meant to be, like, exotic. I don't know. <laughs> she's, she's from Britain. <laughs> they pretty much made her the most perfect person ever in terms mm. of, like, someone who any, you know, I, I'm not always a fan of jealousy, but I totally understand, <laughs> would understand being jealous of this person because... Mm. She's almost flawless. You know, she seems like the coolest girl in the world, you know? Hello, hello, hello. How are you? <laughs> so good. Nice to see so you. So touching. <laughs> oh, hello, gorgeous. Oh, it's so good to see you. You're beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Come oh, join us. Thanks for answering my call. So, uh, where were you? I actually have no excuse, but I'll make it up to you tonight oh, on the dance yes. floor. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, no, is this Elle? Yeah. I have heard so much about you. Seriously, my God, you're gorgeous. You, you're gorgeous. <laughs> I love her already. <laughs> Too bad this one here is so ugly, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but he does do as he's told, so I keep him around. <laughs> I bet you do. And they made her more like she seemed like she was in her 30s. Well, like everyone in college like, there seemed like they were in their 30s. Yeah, no one sort of looked like... He was out of place because, like, all of his friends, I, I feel like they were in the wrong film. They were in like a <laughs> other. They were in like a grad school film or like after when they were new lawyers or whatever. They all looked like way too old. But she came in like she was this sort of like thirty-year-old model. Like, of course, tiny little eighteen-year-old Elle is going to be <laughs> intimidated by that because she seemed way too old than what she should have been to be at uni. But yes, because they're supposed to be freshmen and they're not. Yeah, clearly not. Like they've come back for a. They've done a couple of degrees already. <laughs> Yeah, she, again, she is like, when I say perfect, I mean that she's like beautiful. She's clearly mm. like, she's artistic, but also like talented. She's posh in a sense where like, mm. you know, she just has every, she, in terms of everything, I mean like anything that one might be intimidated by. Like mm. I would certainly, I'm not even dating Noah and I would be intimidated by her in the room with me because I'm like, yeah. wow, this person, like you tell she's like well-traveled, you know? Mm. <laughs> She knows all the people, all the people in hospitality. She's like friends with everyone. She's sophisticated. Yeah, again, that's someone you see like in a show. Like 
She almost mm. reminded me of someone who'd be in like Sex in the City or a show like that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Rather than a college freshman. In Boston. Like she should have been in New York in fashion or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows? But again, and, and I get it. And I thought she played that character well. It's not a very realistic character, but I thought she played that character well. But, mm. you know, regardless, Elle is feeling distant. They're feeling distant mm. from each other. They're not showing where the relationship is going. Eventually, she takes a trip to Boston, and they have a great time in Boston. There's, like, a Boston City montage, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where he kind of, like, you should go to college here, and she thinks about it, you know? So, of course, that's where she meets the most intimidating woman in the world, (laughs) Chloe. (laughs) (laughs) After that, she's equal parts scared and confused, and eventually, again, there she finds an earring, and she reads some potentially flirty Hmm. texts. Mm. we kind of know it's not that flirty because we know the way that Chloe speaks to everyone. She's she's like, Mm. she's very much not of this era either. Like, hello, love, that kind of thing. Like, oh, you know, to die for, you know? (laughs) Mm. I think she's just like, you know, on that level with kind of everyone. So it's not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But again, I told you where she's she's coming from and, and, Mm. you know, finding her earring. And then, you know, eventually she goes on Instagram and sees that it's actually her earring. She should have obviously Mm. spoken to Noah about it. But young people make mistakes. I get it. Communication, not just Instagram stalking. (laughs) (laughs) But I I bring it up quickly because her big thing is that is she going to go to UC Berkeley, which is apparently affordable Mm. to her? Or is she going to go to a school in Boston, which is out of state? And in the U.S., like, if you live in a state, the state schools are a lot cheaper Mm. than even at, like, a state school theoretically in Boston. But she was applying to private schools, so it's different. Um, The tuition is very, very high in the United States, you know. So Mm. I totally get where the dad was coming from. Like, don't waste your money for on a relationship. also a a tiny brother that we have to pay for him at some point as well. So don't use up all the university money on yourself (laughs) yeah for sure and it it totally made sense so this is where she decides to enter a the dance dance m whatever marathon mania something whatever dance yeah the dance video game competition and originally lee's her partner but lee fakes an injury to spend more time with his girlfriend which then he forgets about spending more time with his girlfriend (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then he's more like really i just did it because I thought you needed a better partner. Rachel was just a secondary thing, really. It was because I wanted you to win the $50,000 prize. Gee whiz, yeah. So, Which weirdly was never discussed that that was being, like, split. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like Elle was getting the whole 50. Like, Marco was, got did, Mar- did Marco know that he wasn't getting a cut of this? Or you were just taking the whole 50000 <laughs> to go to Harvard with your boyfriend? Like, I don't yeah, feel so, like he was getting a cut of that. <laughs> so a lot of the... Um, a lot of the plot of this film becomes like her training with marco mm. who who you know is convinced to replace lee for the for the dance yeah. competition and how their relationship develops and, and uh, honestly like a whole other film that could have been yes a whole other film with different people in those roles in this film because there was the whole full-on we actually went to the dance competition like i felt like that was something <laughs> that was in exactly like, that's you what know, I'm saying. this could be a show a because one of the episodes one of the episodes would have ended there you know hmm. because it's weird it, because it, there's no there's a lot of different endings in this film there's a lot of actually yeah. endings there's a lot of different climaxes in this film but it had like a sort of weird bring it on pitch perfect kind of thing like we were in that sort of film yeah. where the whole plot that's what they're doing they're like competing they're competing as cheerleaders they're singing they're doing a dance like it seemed like a whole 
separate it film. A, it became a dance it film. Like a dance film, but it was in the middle of everything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I actually, though, like um, the chemistry between Joey King and, hmm. and this guy. I don't necessarily like this subplot because you know why? We know she's not picking him. You know, they're not yeah. going to pivot the entire movie. That's really silly. But I thought mm-hmm. I thought they acted well together. Um, maybe because she broke up with the other guy in real life. <laughs> yeah. She was sort of, you know, wasn't really hanging around with him off screen. So maybe she was bonding with this guy a bit more. <laughs> I mean, I don't agree with like the kiss at the end of the dance competition. Yeah. But yeah, that was a bit weird. I thought they were becoming... Like, forget the romance part. I thought they were becoming actually, like, really good friends. And, and it didn't feel forced. Like, you could see it on camera that they mm-hmm. maybe were even, like, you know, or maybe they're just acting their hearts out. But, like, I would have been told. Totally... chemistry. There was, like, yeah. you know, a connection. Definitely. I thought it would have been just, like, okay if they hadn't, like, done the temptation thing and had been friends. Frankly, yeah. I thought that. That I thought that Noah was going to see that they had such good chemistry and get jealous himself. And she was going to mm. be like, no, we're just friends. And he was going to be like, yeah, you know, like, right. Like, but like, mm. I don't think he needed to be in love with her to forward this, this plot line. Cause I don't mind Noah getting jealous. Cause he's kind of a jackass, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you alluded to it. They win the competition. She gets the $50,000. So presumably, you know, and, <laughs> and presumably she can go to any college now yeah so now it's just she's got to get in because she's the whole film she's sort of writing her essay thing to get in which i always find really weird because being in australia what you do at the end of high school you finish you do your exams you get your grades and then you apply which is how it should be done um yeah people not people in the, of, yeah. you apply at the beginning of the year with like an essay that's not actually based on your academic anything like I'm sure that comes into it at some point but it always just seems odd because really universities here are picking you on your grades <laughs> and we don't have to send in anything we don't have to interview anyone with anyone we don't write an essay you just go I'm applying for this these are my grades up to you <laughs> it makes sense like I, I don't mind like I, I like the essay aspect of hmm. things I just find it a little bit strange because it's never something that I've experienced <laughs> no I totally understand like I mean it is very foreign if you haven't done it but like it's something that i appreciate because i know not everyone can maybe master themselves when it comes to just raw grades but Mm. sometimes you could really get across the kind of person you are in writing or or in an essay uh however Mm. i do agree that this should be something that's after high school because and Mm. i'm sure you've seen in a lot of high school films ronnie how the senior year is often consumed by the pressure in of applying to college yeah and like it's it's stressful enough. It should be consumed with the pressure of finishing school. Absolutely. And I, I know in this country, a lot of people are, are rethinking the entire idea of how we do stuff. And gap years yeah. are becoming more popular. And uh, a lot of changes when it comes to that. Because I really, would, me personally, would have benefited by applying after college and really thinking about it. Because I just rushed through a lot of that stuff. I was not mature enough, you know. So it is a strange thing that I guess it's never pointed out to me. Because this... Like, what's in this film is what I know, you know? Mm-hmm. See, we Australians, we, most of us have gap years. I did. I mean, I'd already applied for university and gotten in, but then they let you defer for the year. So I did that. Pretty much all of my friends did that. <laughs> so um, Yeah, no. I mean, now, again, it's more popular, but no <laughs> one. Like, my generation, I don't know anyone who did that. Mm. But, like, I think here it's sort of accepted, but I get, like, even watching... I think I've watched like some British films about that and American films where it's sort of clearly parents go like, well, there, 
what are you talking about doing a gap year? <laughs> That's, yeah. We don't do that here because other countries, people just think that you're going to just waste the whole year and you'll never go back to... I mean, someone, I think I had someone say that to me once. They were like, yeah, but what if you never go? And I went, well, I've already gotten in. Like, I'm, I'm going back next year. Like, I already, already have a plan that's already in place. Like, I'm not waiting around to see what I want to do. Like, I'm, I'm going back to that. I just, you're, you know. Yeah, you're a person. You're, you can make decisions, you yeah. know. <laughs> I think anyone who's traveled knows very well about the Australian gap year because that's why, yeah. a big reason why you see an Australian everywhere you have ever been. <laughs> <laughs> we're everywhere we're taking over <laughs> well we're not taking over at the moment but we'll, well be no. back to taking over eventually <laughs> we'll be everywhere even. again <laughs> obviously americans travel obviously i love to tra- well not obviously mm-hmm. maybe people don't know but i love to travel but i can't imagine like so many australians not traveling right now it must be a weird feeling in that in that country it is weird <laughs> it's very weird <laughs> <laughs> every australian that i've ever talked to uh, has always talked to me, oh, this is the trip I probably want to do next year. This is the trip I want to do after that. And it's not just like camping, you know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like I, a, you know, next year I'm going to this country and then I'm doing, I'll do this one another. Yeah. So not being out of plan for that. Oh, 2020 is the worst. <laughs> Taking a big part of fun out of my year, planning my next trip. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll just plan it in my mind for some time. <laughs> yes. Yes. I've already, you know, planned future trips that now I can't do anymore because certain mm. countries are like, nope, all yes. 2021 were closed now too. Yeah. Uh. I, I don't really, I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> I don't want to go on any, any, any trips right now, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but at least, at least we got to stay in and watch the magic of two hours I and mean, 12 minutes of the kissing booth too. Yeah. And we couldn't have done that one on holiday. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know. Uh, let's just then get to this big Thanksgiving scene because it is the most emotional scene of the film. It is cringeworthy. Mm. I was yelling at the TV. I was like, why is this happening? No. Rachel, hey, I've been trying to text you. Well, I'm not in the mood. I know that you're upset, but seriously, Al. Seriously, can you just talk to me? Like, I don't know what's going on. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Dude, what the hell? Rachel's still so pissed at me. Yeah, well, that would make two of us. Why are you mad? Uh, I don't know. Maybe answer is in here. Shit. Gosh, wait, Lee, listen to me. I'm back. <laughs> Good to finally meet you. Oh, it's lovely to meet you too. Yeah, come inside. Wow. Oh, and L, you are here. Yeah, and so are you. <laughs> no, I said he wasn't sure that you would be. Really? Is that what he said? Dinner's ready. Careful with those yams. <laughs> you can get drunk off those. <laughs> Lee, do you want to go talk for a second? Not really, no. Can we please just go talk? Talking. I always feel like talking is better when it's face-to-face. Lee? So, Chloe, I hear Boston sucks. <laughs> I'm not really sure how to answer that. It's fine if that's where people want to live, but you shouldn't lie about it. Lying. Lying is an interesting topic of conversation. Of course, people aren't always making decisions alone. Lee. You know, sometimes they need convincing to do the really stupid shit. Lee! Can you just shut your mouth? You know what? You need to leave Lee out of this. Why are you acting like I'm the one that did something wrong? Noah, you... You don't want to go there right now. 
And Lee? Listen, I am actually really sorry about applying to schools in Boston. And Rachel? I don't even know why you're mad at me right now. So you're just gonna pretend that Lee never told you that we needed space from you constantly hanging around us? What? <laughs> Lee, you never... Lee, you never said... Yes, he did! Lee, tell her. Rage. Rage. Uh, oh, my, I am Rage. so happy. Thank you. Thank you for the dedication. Rachel. 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 I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing either. It's just that Thanksgiving scene. It was scene. not the place. I mean, they'd ruined Halloween, yes. best holiday of the year. Like, I, you know, when they started talking about Halloween, I was excited. I was like, we're getting some Halloween. We barely got any because it was ruined. So I thought maybe we'd have some nice Thanksgiving, but nope, that got ruined even more. Yeah. I don't think it was the place for that. Like, you know, they turned up. Clearly, I don't know if the husband had much to do with it, but I'm assuming just Molly Ringwald to put on this lovely spread. <laughs> she put all this time into it. She put a lovely spread for her family, you know, the other people that she sort of feels like their family. And then all of a sudden, you know, her nice Thanksgiving dinner is ruined by her own sons. Yeah. Bringing their drama out in public, which is not appropriate. <laughs> Just do it after the after you've eaten in private, not in front of the parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And basically what happens mm. is you have Lee brings his girlfriend who's really mad. Well, I mean, I understand why she's there. You know, she's pretty much, you know, th that makes sense. But Yeah. And I sort of get why she's mad because he told her that he'd asked Elle to give them some space. And so she thinks that Elle was just ignoring that. So she's really upset about that. But really, yes. he was fibbing about that. But then he's angry because he's heard about Harvard. So it's like, you know, he's angry at her as well. So Elle just like walks in and gets like ambushed and has no idea what's happening. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's odd because Elle, the Harvard thing at this point should not have bothered. Yeah, she's allowed to have other options. Yeah, exactly. She's allowed to have other like, options. They can talk about it. Me for life. <laughs> And like, yeah, dude, focus. If you really love the girl that you're with, focus on that. And then, you know, you can, you know, you got, you know, your friend has your back. So don't worry mm -hmm. about that. But and then, of course. Thought about what university Rachel was going to. Why wasn't he upset that she didn't want to go to the same uni as him? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, that's <laughs> a good question. Like, he didn't seem to care if she was coming, where she was going. And if that was the only bad thing at this Thanksgiving dinner, that would be something. Mm -hmm. But. Noah brings Cleo, uh, Cleo, Chloe, to Chloe. Thanksgiving dinner as well. Um, one. It's a slap in the face. <laughs> there's a lot of things going on here, right? Like, she needs to be a little bit more trusting Elle. We know this. Mm. But don't surprise your girlfriend with that, you know? Like, you should be like, mm. hey, by the way, I'm bringing this person. Even if it was a guy. I'm not saying a girl-guy thing. But, like, I feel like if, if I was in his shoes, I'm letting people know what's going on. Just because... You know, you don't show up with random strangers like that. Like, I hope he told his mom. I hope she, like, made enough food, you know? <laughs> yeah, I hope Molly Ringwald was let in on that. Yeah. Rude. If she wasn't. Come on. Rude. <laughs> so, and then, uh, clearly that make it makes uh, Elle feel uncomfortable because she thinks he's cheated on her. Sorry, she thinks she's mm -hmm. cheated on him. You know what I mean. She thinks... <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm getting my pronouns confused. Today, uh, she thinks there's been an affair and he brought his mistress yeah. over. You know? To Thanksgiving to like somewhere that's meant to be a safe space for her because they're like her family as well. But, but I, ju- I just think it was a little rude on his part because you have hardly seen your girlfriend. You probably want to spend some alone time with her. That's fine. Or you should, right? You can bring a friend who's lonely. I, to- I totally get that. She's in a different mm. country, you know. She doesn't even have Thanksgiving. But let her know. Be like, hey, is it cool if, uh, what's her name, you know, if Chloe comes by, yeah. she's pretty lonely. I'm going to spend some time with you, I promise. And I want you to get to know each other because we're And friends. then, yeah, eventually that's what, yeah. Yeah. But even if he'd sort of done all that the way he intended, then he was clearly mad because he'd seen Elle and Marco kissing. So he yes. was, like, furious. And then Number just- three. Yeah, and then he just got what completely like mad, and then they were going around going, "What are we thankful for?" And then he was completely snubbing her at the table. Yeah, so he acts like a complete jackass. So problem three is maybe like, and again, I get it. You just saw your girlfriend making out with some other dude on stage. Don't bring it up today. Just why didn't he bring it up there? Like it's not, it's not a healthy way to do things. And you know what? You know what they needed, believe it or not. And this is going to sound weird. They actually needed to have a fight. You know, like not a, it doesn't have to get violent, but they needed to have like a hey, what's going on here? Let's talk about this. Oh wow, I found an earring in your room. You know, this all needs to happen and not be under, you know, not be held inside. You'd be like, well, an earring? I don't know what you're talking. You know, this needs to happen earlier. And it's like, oh, I brought mm-hmm. her here because she's my friend and I wanted you to be her friend. But you're making out with this guy. You know, eventually they have it, but it's way yeah. too late. <laughs> and it would be better if it was sort of she was angry as well. If they were having that sort of fight, but it was more like yes. he was angry. She sort of knew why he was angry, but didn't really, and felt like everyone was having a go at it. So she was kind of defense. But it should have been like, you know, he went, "Well, you kissed this guy," and she would have gone, "Well, you had an ear." They were both just like angry and having that yeah, sort and, of and not at the dinner table discussion, not you know being completely passive aggressive at her and just having a go. <laughs> I think you made a really good point earlier that. In these movies, like especially again, if you're gonna do the second of a romantic film, they always have to invent these plot lines that could have been easily solved by communication. Mm-hmm. Very easily. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, because you know what? As I read my notes, everything gets resolved by communication. This movie is all resolved by people talking. And that even Molly Ringwald was like, "Look, communicate." She was even throwing that in. And then the L and Rachel thing was fixed because then they both found out that it was just. Lee being an idiot, so then she went off to sort of be best friends. But then they kind of all left. It was nighttime, and the Thanksgiving table, no one had taken any of the plates away. And then she just left and went, oh, do you want me to help? And then Molly Ringo was like, no, that's all right. But then she's like standing there in the dark going like, both of my sons have left. I don't know where my husband's gone. Clearly Elle's family has left. Like my, my lunch has been ruined, and now I have to pack everything away in the dark, and no one's helping me. <laughs> but she sort of went, you know, I just heard all of you doing a lot of talking but you weren't doing it much listening so she's going just go and talk it out but listen finally when people sort of got that message things started to be resolved because people just started talking but listening as well (laughs) yes and it pretty much solves everything you know other beats that happen in in this moment like literally every character pretty much talks to every character including Hmm. like chloe and uh eventually you know yeah and then things happen i mean rachel (laughs) awkwardly throws in the term cock blocking. Yeah, in I was that, like, what? She's, Ellen's a bit like, okay, that's not, not how I would have put it, but okay, sure. I almost felt like that wasn't even in the script. <laughs> like, oh, you're going to try that out? threw that in and they were like, okay, we'll just leave that because that sort of got a reaction. 
<laughs> but yes, that was sort of fixed. They're kind of okay again. Then the best friends are okay again. Then there's sort of a bit of the friends are okay, but then their relationships aren't okay. But then they sort of have a bit of time to just wallow and be sad for themselves and be best friends. But then, then what happened? Finally, it's the kissing booth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like seven hours. We've made it. <laughs> Is this before or yeah. after the airport chase? Before. Before, yes, okay. They have. They finally get to the kissing, and then she leaves the kissing booth. Yes, yes, you're correct, yes. So the kissing booth happens. People make up at the kissing booth, make out at the kissing booth. It's a, I almost didn't think we were getting a kissing booth. Like a, yeah, they just had to, like... If it wasn't so called that, if it wasn't called that, we wouldn't get a kissing booth. It was just shoehorned in. And then there was a weird thing about Lee was the homecoming king. I, that was a weird, like, not really a plot, and that was a bit. I don't know. Yeah, how did that happen? <laughs> I think because Rachel nominated them or something, and then he won. Yeah, but, I, I don't know. Whatever. I guess the big like touching moment at the kissing booth is like those two yes. guys who finally get together. But yes, sure, it was cute, it was nice, but this is two hours mm-hmm. and twelve minutes. Do we need this subplot? Yeah, and they sort of. I hadn't really touched on it that much. And I actually don't remember seeing either of them in the first one. So no. I think they were I think they were, we were meant to think that, oh yeah, it's those two, those guys, Ollie and Miles. We, you know, we, we love them. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I literally don't think I've seen them before, but apparently they're one of them's best friends with Elle. I don't know. I've, I don't, I've never seen him. I think it was uh, just, and, and I applaud this, but I think it was just like an effort to diversify the film a little bit in terms of, I don't oh, know they was well, you know, they handled it well because he was sort of opening up to Elle because I think he was one of the like the sport dudes or whatever that everyone thought he was just like super straight or whatever. So he was kind of going, I like this guy, but I'm not quite sure. And I like, don't tell anyone, but like, and she's like, you know, don't worry what the other stupid guys say. Like, don't let them keep you from being happy. So it's sort of, I mean, that's a good message. You know, everyone reacted positively to it. It was just like, you know, it's good that it was there, but it was just another thing that added to the four hours of this film. <laughs> 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 that's the thing their heart was in a good place i just don't think yeah. it's necessary yeah like like it should have been either more of a thing or not in that like a, yeah just because there were so many other things going on <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so mm. eventually l you know realizes she needs to make up with noah she mm-hmm. chases him at the airport but guess what he's not up. there he's not there because he's gone to the kissing booth Ugh. boom so oh my God. They, ha- they have their moment back at the kissing booth. Poor, what's his name? MVP is just like whatever at this point. Yeah. He likes her. He says they have chemistry, obviously, but she, that, yeah, at, like at the kissing you, booth. You're not the yeah, one. Exactly. Me, she, you know, she's like, he's like, follow your heart. She's like, I'm going to do that. And she chases Noah. So literally at this point, he's the John Ambrose of this film. He's just having to like step aside when really he's probably a better choice. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we see this in so many romantic comedies as well, but it is what it is. I get why they had it. I didn't mind the character. I think he's a great, not great guitarist, but like, you know, he, at least hmm. in the plot of the movie, he's a musician and a very talented guy, a very fun guy. Yeah. Um, seems like a very nice guy. He'll find someone. He'll move on. Yeah, he'll be fine. There'll be someone. Yeah, he'll find someone at college, wherever he's going. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be fine. <laughs> but... I guess ultimately why at moments it dragged, there was never a single moment where I thought that she was not going to choose Noah in the end or they were going to make up. Yeah, no, I thought that was going to happen. So really, Marco was just like a time filler thing to fill up the two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it have been better as a main character in a different film. 
Yes. Where he was yes. the guy that was picked. Like, I think he should have that. That should be his next film. Yes. I don't know how many Team Marcos are out there, though. I'll have to check Twitter. Because I know there was a fair amount of, like, Team John Ambrose. And there's always Team, uh, what's his name? Jacob, up, right? Uh, yeah. You have to have your Jacob, I guess, in these sequels. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it harkens back to the Team Ducky people, but they're killing themselves. That's a good call. That film... I don't think she should have picked either of them, but that's, you know, picking Ducky, not realistic. Another story for another day. Well, you know, definitely want to talk about that, but yeah, you're yeah, absolutely right. Everyone always, you know, there's always people that are on the team of the other guy that's not picked, but. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of ends with the graduation. Uh, she yeah. gets letters from both schools. Eventually we learn that she got into both schools, but she told mm-hmm. people she was waitlisted. Uh, Lee's, Lee's going to Berkeley. Mm-hmm. He's in. Rachel's going, who knows where? No who one cares. Lee doesn't like, you care. Want, you want us to care about this character? Then give us reasons for us to care about this character. Mm. Kissing like two own, people. Her own boyfriend doesn't really care. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude. And then, yeah, eventually, the big choice at the end is whether she's going to go to Boston or Berkeley. If she's going to choose her boyfriend or her friend. We'll see in the we- Kissing Booth 3. Who knows? Which Flynn? which Flynn is it? I don't know. Yes, which Flynn is it? But you know what? She should choose whatever is going to be best for her future. Yes, because we don't even know what they want to do as careers. That was never discussed. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. not Dance. Which one has the better <laughs> program of the thing you want to do as your job? It shouldn't just be based on where it is and who's going there. But Especially not who's going there. Which has the best connections to get you, you know, career ready. Right before, like, the cliffhanger choice is a mm. cool like motorcycle slash car ride through what yes. is definitely south africa but they're supposed to say yes. it's california and i sort of went yeah i've got an idea for something fun the four of us can do i'm not i don't actually know what the idea was I'm assuming it wasn't just a drive i feel like they were i thought going. that's what it was i thought it was like you guys drive in that car we'll drive on this <laughs> motorcycle and enjoy the view <laughs> it's just that i noticed that like in the car there seemed to be bags like they were going somewhere but then the other oh, two didn't i don't actually know what the idea was <laughs> maybe they were going on vacation or something maybe we're driving maybe we're going on a four-person trip i don't i don't know <laughs> a couple things i wanted to touch on uh before we go to our questions and just discuss what we think of the movie obviously lee's a little bit older in this one mm-hmm. and he clearly like put on some muscle for this one i don't know if it's the actor's choice or they were like because they did point it out, and they were like showing him in like a sexy way, you know. Yeah. But then he fell over, so that was like, you know. Yeah, then he falls down. Yeah, <laughs> we're offsetting that by he's going back to normal. Yeah, I was wondering if they were like kind of alluding to the fact that like he's becoming his brother. Like, are, I doubt it, but are we going to get a romance between him and? I don't, I'm not saying I want it either, but like, is this going to be a temptation in Kissing Booth Three? Is he going to break up with Rachel and like? Like, this was their love story the whole time. That would be weird. I really doubt it, but... No, that... Um, ugh, no, I, I, <laughs> I don't think that's where they're going. I hope not. <laughs> that would just be really weird. They'll be breaking all the rules. <laughs> I like how Elle says that she was going to send a explicit photo, you know, Yeah, and then she's embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, I like that because, like, that kind mm. of... Uh, that was our first little introduction to oh, this movie has a little bit different tone than the last one, you know? Because I feel like yeah. Elle on the first one definitely would have. But she did say the most awkward thing, that I just, my ears wanted to die and I was just embarrassed for her. 
and the oh. person that decided to write that line when she said something about oh she was going to make Noah her own personal jungle gym. Um, can I be honest, real quick? Mm-hmm. Like later when we leave here, I was thinking like if it's okay with you, I'm going to treat you like my own personal. Chuck. Oh yeah, how did we not bring that up? And then he was like, uh I mean <laughs> and I also thought that was really embarrassing because oh, clearly they're having trying to have like a they're at dinner, they're having a bit of a sexy moment, but they've broken up. Like it was just like and she had to sit there and say that to his face and he had to like, you know, react accordingly. But they were probably both going, This is awful, I want this to end and why do I have to say this? <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want him to be my jungle gym. What a line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whew. I mean, even before I saw this film, I'd seen several tweets about that and went, oh, <laughs> I have to hear that in context. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird one. <laughs> but it, but, uh, hmm. but I, see, I didn't mind it because at least if they pretended they didn't have a sexual relationship at all in this film, that would have been way too, like, apart from the first one. But mm. at least... There were some elements of it because the first one got a little too crazy with that. They were like weaning yeah. us off of it a bit. And I suppose that fit into their weird dorky kind of dynamic. Like she says weird dorky stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. In a bid to be sexy, she often says like dicky things. So I don't, it was just, I don't know. I feel like in an edit that should have been taken out, but uh, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, we've covered most of the other points that I just wanted to say quickly. Oh, one thing is that. Uh, when they go to Boston in that bar and she has that Guinness and I guess she has a fake ID or whatever. Uh, mm. Again, there are worse things that have happened in teen movies. So I'm not going to criticize like some mm. drinking in a teen movie because it happens before. I just, that's funny because Joey King kind of looks young and I think she's mm-hmm. even 21 now. I just, I would yeah. not have believed that fake ID. That's all I'm saying. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did I forget something? But like, I know Noah was a bad guy, but did he cheat on her before? Um, no, I think it's just because he was, like, the guy that had, like, girlfriends every five seconds. I think that was sort of... I don't think we ever saw that, but they talked about that in the first one, that he was just, like, a player. I don't know. Okay, but it wasn't... He never had cheated on her No, it was before. nothing about okay. her before. I think it's just she kept going, because you did that before me, maybe you've gone back to that. But, yeah. Yeah, okay, because I was a little bit, like... I was like, wait... Because she, she kept saying, like, like, oh, you know your past. And I was like... Did I miss something from the first film about, like, her cheating on him? Yeah, I think it was just his, oh, you know, Him cheating on her, past, sorry. His past past. <laughs> <laughs> Before them, when he was, you know, Mr. Gather, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so uh, is there anything else you wanted to mention? If not, we'll move on to our questions. Yeah, no, I think I'm fine. And also, you know, don't be jealous about their podcast. They've only got 37 followers, so don't even <laughs> worry about that. Your podcast, you're, you know, well ahead. I'll go be honest with you. I'm shocked she has 37 followers. And I don't mean that in a bad way or subscribers <laughs> or whatever. I don't mean that in a bad way. One, a lot of people listen to podcasts without subscribing. Everyone, if you like a podcast and you listen regularly, hit the subscribe button. It's really important. This is a little. <laughs> but what do they have to podcast about? They said video games or something. Like you really yeah. think 37 people are listening for like an hour a week about them playing video games? Yeah. That's even a lot to me. Probably a lot of podcasts about that already. Yes. Like, oh, how creative. Again, no diss if you have a video game podcast. <laughs> I just don't see how this high school girl and her friend. 
yeah, and that's straight away. They just started it a couple of days before school, and now all of a sudden they have thirty-seven followers. Yeah, like, which honestly, that's kind of a lot, believe it or not. Exponential um, growth there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, whatever. Uh, all the love for their podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's not about the followers; it's about the fun we had along the way. Just remember that, everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. All right, first award, Wooderson Award. Is there a character mm-hmm. in this film you would have liked to see more of? I'm assuming Tuppen. <laughs> um, no. Well, I'm probably, I'm going to say Molly Ringwald, of course. Yeah, right. I was going to say. Come on, let's get more Raleigh, Molly Ringwald here. Like the, the third sequel better just be all about her and a bit about the, the kids. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should add that there is another level of importance in Berkeley because that's where Molly Ringwald and her mom, uh, became best Elle's friends. mom, yes, became best friends. So there is a sentimental value there. I'm not saying you should choose college. It is based nice on that, that they picked that, that that was their reason for, because, you know, their moms were the best friends. They're the best friends. Like it was cute that that's where they picked. Yeah, but a that's nice, a lot of know. pressure. Like, you know, just focus on your future. <laughs> so we agree, Molly Ringwald mom there. Mm-hmm. Okay, Long Duck Dong Award, a character whose omission would make the film better. So just on the subject of Long Duck Dong, I think we both agree that this film was a lot less sexist, a lot less racist, you know, a lot yeah. less violent, a lot less mm-hmm. misogynist. They're clearly making an effort to be more 2020 and yes. aware of society than they did in the first one. So mm. I don't think there's a character we need to eliminate for long duck dong reasons, but was there anyone yeah. where you're like, I don't need to see this plot line? It's just um, Well, I can't really think of just one person because I feel like there's a <laughs> We'll nominate some people. I feel like Tuppen, he could have gone. He was at Don't yeah, him. He was hardly in it. Whatever. Uh, I feel like they, they long duck donged him as much yeah. as they could. Uh, the annoying, the OMG girls or whatever. I feel like one of them had been replaced. One of them looked slightly different to me. Yeah, I feel anyway, like that too. <laughs> I feel like the three of them could have gone away. And Honestly, it's not so much going away. I feel like, I think it's feel like toned down, right? Like, yeah, I think I'll be honest. I think the Lee, uh, Rachel situation should have been t- uh, changed and toned down a bit. Yeah, definitely. I applaud the effort on like her gay friend and stuff. I applaud their. I know mm. what they were doing there. Again, it was unnecessary. There's just a lot of. You can't make this movie two hours and twelve minutes long. Is my point. Mm. Like, just pick half of the plot lines you did. It was just a lot of it that could have been removed and then tightened. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so that's kind of an incomplete one because it's it's yeah. incomplete because there's just a lot here. Honestly, yeah. give me anything here and the movie's going to be shorter and sweeter and tightened, like you said. So <laughs> almost everything. All right. <laughs> Cameron Fry Award. Anyone too old to be a high schooler? Remember, our kind of uh, we didn't officially have the awards at that point, but our nominees mm-hmm. certainly would have been Noah last time because we talked about how he did yeah. not look like he was in high school. Um, mm-hmm. So we can't pick college people. So. What high schooler looked too old to be in, in high school? Still sort of feel like that Tuppen guy. I feel like he looked a bit old. <laughs> Tuppen for sure. Tuppen yeah, for sure. definitely. But I was um, even going to say Marco. Yeah, I feel like he looked like an adult. He's 28 me. in real life. So that's pretty okay, old. Okay, well, he definitely, yeah, looks like an but adult. <laughs> I would have put him at like 24, you know, because he kind of does look young, but he doesn't mm. look high school young. Yeah. No. Yeah, so it's a little bit. I mean, again, we're seeing his abs and stuff, so I'm glad he's not like a 14 year old. But (laughs) (laughs) and maybe that British girl. Oh yeah, the valedictorian. Yeah, Yeah, she she was kind of a bit old to be there. Got a couple. We got a couple examples here. Mm. But I thought Joey King 
definitely looks like she could be in high school. I think even yeah. Lee looks like he could be in high school. So, and I think Rachel might. I think given con- different context, maybe she'd look like yeah. an adult if she was in a film about adults, but she looked like a teen in this film. So, <laughs> but Rachel, if we have to invent an award for like for you and I, just biggest like. Mm. change in feelings about a character <laughs> between mm. movie a and movie b i, I wanted to like her still because no me too but like before but i was just not her fault i just let her down <laughs> it was just they sort of betrayed her a little bit by changing her that much so rotten tomatoes the critics gave it 24 percent the audience 44 percent just for context the first film got 17 percent and 58 percent respectively but now we grade an A plus to F scale. What will you give the Kissing Booth to? Um, uh, I'm gonna give it. I think a C. Maybe a C plus. No, just a C. Just. A <laughs> just a, I was gonna say yeah. a C is pretty nice, but I a definitely know where you're coming from. No, no, no. C. C yeah. Stick with the C. <laughs> yeah. Like it wasn't, you know, offensive. Wasn't the worst. I think it was. I felt like it was a bit better than the first one. Yes. But yeah, it was an improvement on the first one. I honestly think that this might be an enjoyable movie if it wasn't as long and didn't have as much stuffed in here. Mm. Mm. I I think it might tread B minus waters if you give me an hour and and 30 minutes. Um, Mm. I I gave it a C minus because I think it's way too long, but I do want to reward it for trying to correct some of the things that were obvious flaws of the first one, despite its popularity. The movie was very popular. They could have easily been like, oh, fuck what people are saying. Hmm. Let's, let's, uh, let's have something else. Do the same thing. We're right. You know, Hmm. they clearly listened and did something and it seems to be popular and maybe people are hate watching it and maybe people really like it. And if you really like it, fine. Sure. And again, I acknowledge this movie's not for me. This movie's not for you. It's for younger people than us. So yeah. we're in the C. I have a C minus. You have a C. But I think that's. I think considering where we left off in the first kissing booth, they should take that as a win. Yes, because I think we were like a Z, score last time. <laughs> definitely a D. It was definitely like a fail. But <laughs> yes, yes. So yeah, I mean, again, I acknowledge its significance. I am glad it came out. Mm-hmm. I wish it wasn't as long, but it was. It wasn't as fun to watch as it was to talk about because you know mm. I, I like talking about this film because again mm. we have history with this film and I mean I'm happy that the kissing booth one happened because it means I got to be a guest on this podcast. You got to talk about Harry Potter. I did, which I always really enjoy being a guest. So thanks to the kissing booth for that. You know, it was all because of the kissing booth. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay. Uh, Sleeping bag. What does your kissing booth sleeping bag look like at today's slumber party? Well, I feel like because it was Halloween, I'm going to have a Halloween themed one. That works. Is it going to be knockoff Ghostbusters or Uh, or s'more? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a cracker because they uh, didn't dress up as that, as they all meant to. Um, See, I'd say a graham cracker, but that sounds silly. So it has to be a graham cracker because a graham cracker just sounds ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's probably going to be going to be fuzzy and orange, and it's going to have a jack o' lantern face on it. Yeah, I wish we got again, like you said, I wish we got more uh, traditional Halloween mm. here. But you know, we got a little bit of it, which is nice. I have some pumpkins, you know. There was some pumpkins. <laughs> Will this now be one of you in your top ten Halloween films? No, it will not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Hocus Pocus 
Halloween Town. It is not, but oh well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, I don't think we had this category last time we talked Kissing Booth, but it's rent two movies, get one free if you and I decide to, for some reason, watch the Kissing Booth 2 at a slumber party together, and we want to watch two other films. What two other films are we renting to watch, Shawnee? Well, I have been thinking about this. I was going to do like a Netflix theme, but I've changed my mind. I think think we're going to watch this one first, just to get it out of the way. Then just we're going to watch two films that I always really enjoy. We're going to watch Easy A. Easy A. I can't wait to cover that one. Oh, that is one of my go-to. If I'm sick, I put that on. That is one of my go-to sick Love films. it. Love hearing that. Um, we're also going to watch Drop Dead Gorgeous, another one of my Ooh. favorites. So we're going to watch that. Gonna we're going to watch two quality ones, just to sort of, you know, cleanse our brains of watching The Kissing Booth too. So <laughs> I'm curious about Easy A. Drop Dead Gorgeous, obviously, uh, it's kind of, you know, making fun of a certain thing. I'm curious, but easy A, because someone told me it hasn't aged that well. I don't know if, you know, you agree, but another topic for another day. Um, but yeah. when easy A came out, easy A, you know, big deal. Yeah, I didn't actually see it when it came out. I saw it a couple of years later because a friend suggested I see it. And I went, ah, oh, should have seen it when it was out in the cinema. I mean, I sort of think it, I sort of think it has aged well, but I can see why you wouldn't think that because obviously... The main topic of the film, you know, probably wouldn't be made <laughs> True. today. That's like, fair. you know, a sort of teen inspired version of the Scarlet Letter, probably not. Um, <laughs> probably not a 2020 or in the future kind of thing. But yeah, it's still good. It just, yeah, I can see why some people might feel uncomfortable with it now. <laughs> Absolutely. But, okay. you know, it is what it is. Um, you know what? We will make that determination one day when it's covered on High School Slumber Party. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay, Shoni. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I really sincerely want to thank you because I know it was no easy task to, uh, to <laughs> talk The Kissing Booth and watch The Kissing Booth 2 and such. But, you know, I mean, maybe talking wasn't so hard, but, uh, you know. Yeah, it's that a, bit was a lot more fun It's <laughs> a the lot, homework uh, portion. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot to ask for a two-hour, 12 teenage romantic comedy, but we got oh. through it. We talked about it. I, I, I'm glad we were able to do it. Is there any place you would like people to follow you or anything you'd like to mention before you get you uh, skedaddle? Um, no, I'm sort of good. Um, my Twitter is just Shawnee Mead, just one. Oh, I think it's one word or maybe there's an underscore. But again, I follow this podcast. So yeah, and the po- this podcast follows me. So you can just find me on Twitter. And I'm sure when this episode's out, I'll be tweeting about it a lot. So uh, <laughs> Awesome. Well, again, really appreciate this. And can't wait to have you on again. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> Big thank you to Shawnee Mead for stopping by for the Kissing Booth 2. Always love having her on. And really, when I think about all the friends I've made on High School Slumber Party, I'm very happy to count her as a cool podcast friend now. Really, really appreciate her support for this show and guesting whenever she can. So, once again, Thank you, Shawnee, and big shout-out all the way from here to Australia. And she'll be on again soon. Don't worry, guys. So, I hope you enjoyed the pool party, because we got a babysitting assignment for you on Monday. Yes, that's right, you're still babysitting, but I'm going to give you a little promise. If you do a good job on Monday, it might be your last babysit assignment of the summer. 
I kind of just want to chill by the pool some more, and I'm liking the company, so we might do that, we might not. Again, depending on your attendance and record on Monday, depending on a lot of stuff, but Monday, we're talking a fun one. It is another Netflix film, so we're really patronizing Netflix these days. The film is called The Babysitter from 2017. All right, tomorrow night, you, me, party. What up, say? Be cautious if there's any trouble, okay? Cole, don't cause any trouble. I bet B has boys over at your place all the time. That's what babysitters do. Seriously, have you ever been awake after she's fallen asleep? I mean, nobody's done human sacrifice. People have always done human sacrifice. Yeah, but like, not in America with hot people. Hey. shirtless that's your first question there's only one way to end this Fuck you. oh my god he shot me in the boob what kind of dick shoots a girl in the boob you guys suck And our guest for The Babysitter will be someone who, spoiler alert, is a huge fan of the film, first pointed me in the direction of it, and that's the godfather himself. Joey Lewandowski. And speaking of Joey, and speaking of our last babysitting guest, this Monday's guest, Joe Two, I was on their podcast. Today, I think, is the release date. Yeah, Fridays are for fun. Too Fast, Too Forever. We talked a film that I hadn't seen in a while, but tell you what, had a blast talking about it. Probably had more of a blast talking about it than watching it, but I want you to check it out. It's their episode on Dude, Where's My Car?, and of course, you can find that at cageclub.me, that's cageclub.me, or wherever you get your podcasts. <sighs> All those laughs in the pool has made me real tired. You could probably tell by my voice. Gotta hit the hay. Thank you so much, guys, for coming, stopping by, and listening to our episode on The Kissing Booth 2. And remember, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. 
Let's leave you with good vibrations, but not the Beach Boys version, because that's not the actual version in the Kissing Booth 2. The version is by someone called Matthew Jordan. Later, dudes. I, I love the colorful clothes she wears And the way the sunlight plays upon her hair You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.